0: Tere, and welcome to History of Estonia, Episode 5. In this episode, we jump right into the Crusades, or as the book History of Estonia calls it, The Fight for Freedom. In this episode, the Crusaders attack Ugandi, the Danes invade Sardama, the Russians from the principalities pile on for good measure, the Estonians respond with an attack on the fort of Sessis in modern-day Latvia, the Germans besiege Viljandi, and the islanders of Soderma attack Riga. According to the Chronicles of Henry of Livonia, the attack of Ugandy in southeastern Estonia in the year 1208 was retribution from an incident years earlier before Riga was founded. The inhabitants of Ugandy were accused of attacking German merchants on their way to Russian lands and stealing their goods. The Germans were there to receive payback for their stolen goods. The Germans were supported and encouraged by the Letgalians, to whom Estonia had done great harm to in previous raids and battles. The Estonians rejected the demands of the Germans. After several rounds of negotiations failed, the Germans left on very bad terms, with many threats being exchanged. In the autumn of 1208, the Germans returned to seek their retribution with the help of the Letgalians. One of the most important centers in Ugandi, the fortress of Atupa, was put to the flame. The Germans plundered the land and sacked villages, killing many. The, the people of Ugandi were able to get support from their neighbors in Sakala, and they made counter raids into the lands of the Lutgalians. During this period, the pirates from Usul, or as we will refer to them as the Islanders from Soderma and Estonians from Lanama and Western Estonia were raiding all up and down the Baltic coast as far away as Sweden and Denmark. An example of their sea raiding nature was previously mentioned when Bishop Albert ran into the Estonians stealing the church bells. Well, this wasn't the only case and King Valdemar II of Denmark was ready to act on it. Stopping the plundering of the Estonian pirates was not the only outcome that Valdemar was looking for. He of course noticed the push into Livonia by the Germans and how they were claiming more territory and trading opportunities, and that there was still territory unconquered and unchristened. He likely thought how Denmark could get involved and claim some territory. Well, in the year 1206, King Valdemar and the Bishop of Lund gathered an army and invaded Sodermat with the hopeful outcome of annexing the island for Denmark and converting the local pagans to Christianity. The army army quickly succeeded in capturing the island. All that King Valdemar II needed to do now was to build a fortress, garrison it with some men so that they could hold on to the the island in case the locals tried to rebel and sail back to Denmark. Simple, right? The only problem was the king could not find any soldiers to garrison the fort. Very few of the fighters that joined the expedition thought it was a good idea to stay on an isolated island with some recently conquered, violent, and angry pagan locals. So the Danes put a torch to the fort and left Saruman and its people for at least a while longer. Back on the mainland, a joint army comprised of Estonians made a counter-raid into Livonia, hoping to take the fight to the Germans in the year 1210. The target of the attack was one of the most important strongholds in Livonia, the Fortress of Sessis. At at first, the Estonians tried to burn their way into the fortress with large stacks of wood. They tried various methods of climbing and digging, and many Estonians were killed by arrows and defenders were killed by spears. The battle raged for three days, But on the fourth day, the attack was called off, as the Estonians had gotten word that an army was on its way from Riga, and they retreated. Without waiting for reinforcements, the men of Cessus, together with their allies, the Livonians and the Litgalians, followed the Estonian retreat. The Estonians crossed the Gauia River and learned of the pursuing army and set up a surprise attack by a tributary of the river named the Umara. The the Germans along with the Livonians and Letgalian scouts had reported that the Estonians had fled in a hurry and were nowhere to be found. The Estonians were concealed in the forest on the bank of the Umara and when they attacked it was a total surprise. Many of the men from the order were killed along with many Livonians and Letgalians. While the Germans held their discipline and attempted to rally around the battle flag, their allied troops fled, forcing the Germans to retreat as well. Now it was the Estonians' turn to pursue its enemies, killing many and capturing some. About 100 prisoners were taken, some were killed on the spot, others were taken back to Umura. According to the Chronicles, about 14 men were burned alive, while the rest had crosses carved in their back with swords before they were killed. The news of the victory was sent all around Estonia and gave them optimism that they might be able to defeat the Germans yet. The Siege of Viljandi, or referred to as Felin by the Germans. In the spring of 1211, the Germans launched their largest military operation yet, against the Estonian fortress of Viljandi. Before the attack, the surrounding area and villages were ransacked, with its residents either killed or captured. Some of the villagers were taken to the fortress, where they were murdered to intimidate the defenders and thrown into the moat. In the first attack on the fort, the Germans were confronted and repulsed with many losses on the German side. The Estonians took the opportunity to loot their dead enemy's equipment, The besiegers built a tall siege tower, filled the moat with trees, and pushed the tower against the wall. The Estonians made an attempt to burn down the siege tower. To counter the Estonian attempt to burn down the tower, the besiegers utilized catapults for the first time against the Estonians. Stones were launched at the fort day and night, causing quite serious damage. The Germans were finally able to destroy the wall but the Estonians fell back behind a second defensive wall. The Estonians, safely behind the second wall, were able to put out the blaze and even reconstruct the damaged portion of the exterior wall. After five days of fighting and not being able to capture the fort, the Germans started to negotiate on the sixth day. There was very little water inside the fort and many were dead or or dying so that the elders made peace. According to the chronicles of Henry of Livonia, when asked if the Estonian defenders were ready to convert, they reply, We acknowledge your your God to be greater than our God. By overcoming us, he has inclined our heart to worship him. We beg, therefore, you spare us and mercifully impose the yoke of Christianity upon us, as you have upon the Livonians and Litgalians. At first, only priests were allowed in, they began sprinkling holy water on the fortress, along with the men and women inside. But a wholesale christening could not take place because of the severe bloodshed that had occurred. The Germans took hostages of the elders and noblemen's sons and left Viljandi after converting the locals to Christianity. The Estonian Offensive The Estonians responded not long after the defeat at Viljandi. Men from Sakala and Ugandi, Lanama and Soderma conducted raids into the lands of the Litgalians and Livonians and plundered villages thoroughly. By the summer of 1211, the, goals of the, mis- the, the goal of the mission was settled, and it was to take the fortress of Torida in modern-day Latvia, which belonged to the influential Livonian elder, and now staunch Christian, Kalpo, after that was completed, the plan was to move on to Riga. The siege commenced, and it was the goal of the Estonians to lay siege to until the until the fort fell, or until the residents decided to join the Estonians and attack Riga together. Unfortunately for the Estonians, soon German reinforcements started arriving from Riga and engaged the Estonians outside of the walls of the fortress. Noticing this from the fort, The besieged German and Livonian bowmen rushed out of the fort to aid in the attack, and soon the Estonians were sandwiched between the two attacking sides. The Estonians were forced to withdraw to a nearby hill. The battle lasted from dawn to dusk, and eventually the Estonians had to sue for peace. As terms of of this agreement, the Estonians agreed to be christened the following day. But that night, the Estonians made a run for it. They boarded their ships on the Gallia River and intended to make their way to the Baltic Sea. But the Germans had built a bridge spanning the Gallia with defensive towers on both banks of the river and the fleeing Estonians were met with spears and arrows. The following night, the Estonians left their ships and fled on foot. The chronicles have suggested that 2,000 Estonians were killed, 2,000 horses and 300 ships captured. However, some some modern historians think these numbers to be exaggerated. At about this time, Albert had recently made his way back to Riga after meeting the Pope in Rome, where he had been granted new powers by the Pope. One of these new powers was the ability to make new bishoprics. Estonia was becoming quite a large problem for Albert at this time. The Sword Brothers were eager for expansion. But if the bishopric of Livonia expanded into Estonia, King Valdemar might take exception to this because, as was evident from his attack on Sardarma previously, King Valdemar had territorial ambitions of his own, and he was a formidable power. If Livonia, while expanding into Estonia, came into conflict with King Valdemar's Danish army, it would be war between Livonia and Denmark. And it was not too far of a leap to imagine if Denmark was successful in battle over Livonia and Estonia, Denmark could possibly press on and invade into Livonia itself. So Albert came up with a plan. That plan was to make a new bishopric, the bishopric of Estonia, and declared his nephew, Theodoric, as bishop. Now, if Denmark invaded Estonia and was brought into a military conflict with the bishopric of Estonia it would be in conflict with Estonia and not Livonia, technically. So Denmark wouldn't be in direct conflict with Lagonia, per se, and therefore, it would be much more of a leap to attack into Livonia if the Danes were successful in battle. So, after the after the failed Estonian attack on the fortress of Tereida, the allied camp of Germans, Livonians, and Ligalians had gained a lot of confidence in this battle and organized new campaigns into Estonia, reaching far, crossing uh, into the Emo Yogi, and even into the Yarva region. Along with the horror of war, the plague was, broke out at this time. Because of so much destruction by both war and disease, both sides found it a good time to make peace. So in the year 1212, the Turaida Armistice was agreed upon, and it was to last for three years. Relations with Russia, if it wasn't difficult enough facing German, let and Livonian invasion into Estonia and Denmark attempting to take the island of Sarama, the troop, the troops of Prince Mitzislav the brave of Novgorod, and Prince Vladimir of Pskov, laid, laid siege to the fort of Atapa for eight days in the year twelve ten before they were bought off with payment of four hundred marks in gold or in, in silver. In 1212, Mitsislav the Brave once again raided into Estonia with a large army, this time going as far as the Harju region and attacking the fort of Varbola, which was in Estonian hands. After a siege lasting two days, the besiegers were bought off with 700 silver marks and the Russian army left. At this time, Limbitu, the Estonian king of Sakala, gathered an army and attacked Piskov. Piskov's army was out in the field in Estonia, which left Piskov undefended. And Limbitu and his group went on a kill it went about killing its residents. When the Russians started to organize a resistance, Limbitu's men fled with loot and captives. So, in this early period of the fight for freedom, it seems that the Russian side was more aligned with the Germans than the Estonians. Archaeological evidence has been found from an attack on the Estonian, Estonian stronghold of Suntagana in the year 1210 and 1211, in which many Russian arrow tips have been found. Early in, early in the year 1215, an unpleasant surprise of, of German and allied forces undertook a major military ca- campaign against the people of Ridala in northern Lanama This was a surprise because for two and a half years, since the three-year peace was agreed upon in Tereida, the Estonians had lived in relative peace, and that was expected to last a little while longer. The Germans argued that the people of Riedela had not taken part in the peace negotiations, and therefore were not part of the agreement. At Riedela, the crusading army broke into groups, and went about attacking individual villages, mercilessly killing and looting for three days. On the fourth day, the, the invading army turned back to Livonia, laden with horses, cattle, and prisoners. A few months later, in the spring of 1215, the Germans and their allies arrived in Sakala and went about raiding the northern parts of this district. The crusaders then met up at Leole the home of the elder Elder Limbitu. Henry of Livonia reports that the men of Leole fought bravely, but on the fourth day, the besiegers were able to catch uh, the fort on fire and the defenders could not extinguish the flames. So on the fourth day, they were forced to surrender. During the christening of the defenders, the Germans for- forced their way into the fort and took what they wanted and Lumbitu and, uh, and the other elders were taken prisoner, but were re- released after giving their sons as hostages. After the raid of Ridala and the surrender of the fortress of Leole, a large-scale coordinated counterattack on the home base of the Christians in Riga was agreed upon. The plan was to attack in three units. The first unit, made up of the islanders of Soderma, were to sail... In the mouth of the Dalgava River and surround Riga. The Livonians of Turida were to be attacked by the men from Lanama and the Letgalians were to be attacked by the, the men from Sakala and Ugandi to prevent the Letts from coming uh, to the aid of their allies in Riga. The attack commenced in the spring of 1215 with the fighters from Sarama sealing off the mouth of the Daugava River by bringing in old boats and making log with stones and wood, so that the German ships could not pass. A group of attackers rowed to the shore and made camp on a plain. Seeing this, the crusaders from Riga attacked in strength, and the men in the camp retreated back to their ships to await reinforcements. Unfortunately for the men from Sardama, two German ships were sighted coming in from the sea. Now the men from Sodermå were trapped between the ships and the crusaders on shore. With no good option left, they broke for the sea to escape. At the same time, the units involved with the lives and the lets didn't have great success, and the residents found shelters in forts. Overall, the attacks were seen as a failure, and more manpower was needed on the Estonian side to achieve their objectives. We will put a bookmark in our timeline of the Estonian fight for freedom until next episode. I hope you have been enjoying the podcast and find it informative. I would appreciate it if you could give the podcast a positive review, as this will allow the podcast to be easy, easier to be found by others. If you would like to reach out to me, you can contact me at s.parsleyw at gmail.com. Until next time, tananvaga ja. Herr Eiger.